Welcome to the Vince Vomathon. My name is Patrick. And I'm Taylor. And this is our first double feature episode. Yes, and we're finally not sick. We're finally not sick. Well, that too. I Gosh, yeah, we're finally not sick. One of the reasons why we decided to make this a double feature episode. Um, another one of the reasons is we knew that going into this um, this project journey, whatever you want to call it, that sometimes we would plan for an episode to be about one movie, and then we would watch that movie and go, oh, Vince is like barely in this, or oh, like this movie, we have nothing to say, or whatever. And we've anticipated some of those, like some of the ones that we like know he just makes a cameo in, we've sort of lumped together, but sometimes we're just like gonna get it wrong and go like, oh, we have nothing to say about this movie because sometimes you just don't have anything to say about something. And like this, First movie uh, of this episode, The Locust from 1997, um, is one of those movies. Yeah, so, you know, despite our personal love and passion for Vince Vaughn and us creating this podcast, we have not seen most of his filmography. Um, I think when, you know, if you go back to our first episode, I think I had only seen like 19% of his filmography or something like I think that. Even so that's high. I think it was yeah, like 10%. And, yeah, probably even lower. And so there are a lot you're of probably, things. You're probably, you're probably right. You're probably there are a lot of things that we are discovering for the first time as we watch these movies. I think that's kind of the joy of it is like we get to experience a lot of these for the first time maybe with you guys who have never seen these random B-movies in the bottom of his filmography. But, you know, you win some, you lose some. And we took last week off to make this episode a double feature episode. And hopefully you will enjoy it. And this first movie, The Locust, um, there's actually, I think, a decent amount to say about Vince because it's his first true leading role. He is the main character. He is the protagonist which is a weird word to use for his character but probably technically true yeah um and uh you know this is the first time where he gets the the real main meat and potatoes of it. he's not supporting anybody else it, it's it's his thing unfortunately though this movie falls under the category of we don't have much else to say and that's partially because there's not a whole lot about this movie online and so going into it, we didn't really know what to expect. And, and needless to say, this is a movie we had never heard of right. prior to this project. Right. You can't even barely find it online. Watch on Hoopla, which yeah, is... Yeah, it's, it's difficult to find. It was difficult to find out about organically. I was looking up pictures for our Instagram and like literally couldn't even find anything. This has kind of been written off. So yeah, needless to say, not a lot of info about and it. And it's kind of been written off because this movie's like super fucked up. <laughs> really, really fucked up. Yeah, and like not in like a... Like a fun taxi driver kind of way. And not in like a heart-wrenching boy in the striped pajamas kind of way. <laughs> <laughs> um, like it's, you know, it's I, just, it's we just can like appreciate, wrong. yeah, like we can appreciate movies that are gut-wrenching. And in a lot of ways, this next movie that we're going to talk about, Return to Paradise, is one of those movies. Like I can appreciate when a, you know, movie makes me feel something. It makes me cry and have emotions. Yeah. But this movie is just fucked It just like upsets up. you. And it's not in a way that there was any real pain. So we'll talk a little bit about the movie itself. So um, Vince plays a, a drifter, um, and this is like the 1950s, 40s? Yeah, I think... 60s, 50s? I think 50s. 50s. Uh, and he's just uh, drifting from town to town, and he works on various farms and works on various plantations, and he kind of... He's that character, right? Yeah, he's, he's trying to make his way to California for this brother he keeps talking about that he wants to go see. Right, and um, he stops at this farm, um, and this farm is owned by Kate Capshaw, um, and it's just populated with a bunch of 90s character actors. I don't yeah. know if I can say characters, but a bunch of 90s, um, you know, recognizable faces. Paul Rudd, uh, Ashley Judd. Um, and Jeremy Davies. And Jeremy Davies plays a character called Flyboy. And Flyboy has just, he's had um, a, a very rough, traumatic life. He's Kate Capshaw's son. And you don't know this at the beginning of the movie. You think that 
you know, maybe Flyboy has something wrong with him. Maybe he's had a um, like a traumatic like physical event that yeah. has made in him like, in like the classic nineteen fifties way. Like they just yeah. call him like simple. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, it's not really described. You just know right. that he is different he from the speak. other people. Yeah, he doesn't speak. He's like mute for the first half of the movie. And but he um, hangs out with his pet bull. Yes. Um, and and Vince being charismatic Vince, uh, you know, yep. which is what he does, um, kind of takes a liking to Flyboy and wants to sort of bring him out of his shell. Yeah. Um, he wants to, you know, in, in introduce him to the people that he started to meet, this kind of group with Paul Rudd and Jessica Capshaw and Ashley Judd. He wants to kind of branch him out a little bit. He yeah. clearly not only knows this little small town, but only knows this ranch on this right, little small right. town. So he wants him to have friends. He just wants him to kind of, you know, just be a regular person, yeah. I guess is the Talk easiest way people, to put it. date people, kiss people, right. the things that young guys in their early right. 20s do. And um, that premise is fine enough. You know, yeah. there these movies, um, there were a lot of these movies in the 40s and 50s and 60s, these um, picnics and the Tennessee Williams movies and the kind of ish roles that like Paul Newman would play like you know these things uh these movies have existed already and they were better in the 50s <laughs> and so this is sort of just like a weird rehash of like uh these melodramas that like already existed and, and were classics and and the reason why it really just kind of feels off is they like take it into that weird 90s like fucked up like they're taking it too far yeah. and and the probably it's I, very sam shepherd which oh, that's a good way to put uh, it we so if sam shepherd wrote this it would be very good yes it would <laughs> it but would it also very could very be good. very child and but i mean but <laughs> that's got it it's got um, it like i said you know patrick and i have a theater background we actually uh in our sophomore year i don't want to talk about this <laughs> in our sophomore year of college we've all done we were scenes. in um a, a buried it was a scene or a buried uh child scene anyway. um but anyways so we're familiar with Sam Shepard's work, and like Sam Shepard is a great American playwright, arguably the great American. I will go that far um, but... for like a certain time period, at least. Sure. Um, and he for ranch plays. Yeah, for ranch play, <laughs> the great American ranch playwriter <laughs> Sam Shepard, yeah. um, new tagline. Um, and he is great at that writing ranch plays that are melodramatic and maybe a little bit Shepherd. fucked up, but not too far. And I mean, very child. I mean, okay, I feel like very child really is the outlier here. Clearly, Patrick and I just have a deep disdain for this. I, I like, show. you're the one that's saying that. I um, like, I okay, like I'm sorry. all but of his works. Regardless, clearly very child keeps coming up. I think that, I will say that I think that that is kind of the it's outlier. A, it is a good connection. Um, it is a good connection, it's, but it is kind of the outlier. So that's what they're trying to do, right? But yes. the, the point is... The they take Sam it. Sam Shepard is a good writer. They take it too far in a couple ways, and yeah. one of them is when you go on the Wikipedia page for this movie, it gives you the normal plot, cast, and then there's a section called bull castration controversy. And we try to avoid things like the Wikipedia page prior to watching the movie. Like, but you can't things, help but click on yeah, something that's and, a bull you know, castration we, controversy. <laughs> exactly, and like. So we did not like look up the Wikipedia page prior to this. Um, that's something that we usually do preparing for like the shows that you're hearing now, but that's not something we want to spoil for ourselves. But while we were watching this kind of slow movie, um, we stumbled upon the Wikipedia page and then just went like, oh no, what and, are we in for? And the problem is there are some scenes in this movie of animal abuse. Real live well that that's the thing is that the the castration scenes which we don't need to truly get into but they they exist but those are um uh, implied um and that's what the wikipedia page says like people imagined that they saw these things mm -hmm. when they did it and that's you know a common thing that happens in film and sometimes that's good filmmaking right mm -hmm. we might talk about that when we talk about psycho and the shower scene like sometimes people will imagine it being worse than they are and you do that to the audience right perhaps you could say that was successful however there are some scenes of legitimate animal abuse yeah. where they like 
um, they're like cutting the horns. Like it was horns yeah, the term you would the, use. Yeah, horns. Horns of of these bulls, and they're doing it for yeah, real. There is actual. It's not ketchup blood squirting out. It is right. real bull blood and like real screeches, and it's right. really horrible. Yeah, it is. And 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 between that and the movie has a very, which is something else I really don't want to get into. The movie has a very messy relationship with sex. Yes. And consent and sexual assault. And there are some unnerving things with Flyboy. And there are some unnerving things with the background of Vince's character, which seemed to be completely unnecessary. Yeah. And between those two things, we kind of just felt like we couldn't put in, our seal of approval on this movie. Yeah, and we couldn't in good conscience spend 30 minutes dissecting a movie that maybe should just be forgotten. I, I, I wouldn't go that far because I don't think I would ever argue for something to be forgotten. But I do... Maybe you should choose something else over this. But I do think <laughs> if, hey, if nobody else is going to watch this shit and we're going to be the only ones, maybe we should be the ones to put that content warning Absolutely. out into the world Absolutely. that we didn't get, right? There's nothing on IMDb or anything about this, this really upsetting stuff. And I, in fact, I think... I'm going to go in myself, and I've never once tried to submit something to IMDb, but I don't even know how that works. I'm sure somebody's laughing at me right now because it's probably super easy, but I'm going to try because I think that, you know, I think I'm, I'm a big advocate for content warnings. There's nothing about these really just messed up things online, and that's fine, but I feel like people should have the ability to not watch this if they choose to do so. Yeah. And we didn't get that um, opportunity, luxury, yeah. luxury and, and I would like to sort of pass it on. This movie, uh, other than those things, is like fine. Like I, I was interested. I wanted to see where it went. The first half is like, albeit a little slow, it's fi it's totally fine. Vince like is I, yeah, giving I his first yeah, real he, performance. It is and his first real performance and he's doing it really well. He's clearly very committed to this and this character. Jeremy Davies is very committed. Yeah, Jer oh my God. I he, mean, the full cast, the cast incredible. is giving good performances. Yeah, and, the cast is... And, and I can see where it's going and it feels very theatrical and it feels very picnic-esque and it feels very Tennessee Williams and like, I, I'm into it. But they just like, they just did it wrong. Yeah. And, and that's... I don't want to say that's fine. Sometimes you just do it wrong. And I feel like maybe in the 90s they did it wrong more than in other times. I'm sure there are going to be some jokes in like wedding crashers that just like cringe us out beyond belief now. You know, some things don't age well. I don't think that's this though. I think that they just got it, wrong, it wrong from the jump. And um, I'm not going to say don't watch it. Um, if you like that kind of thing, it feels like a very specific kind of thing, but it is sort of a subgenre that exists, the, the drifter going from town to town, and um, it, it's, it's, it's fine. The movie itself is fine. There's just things about it that just really bothered us, and we just kind of felt like we didn't want to spend a whole episode talking about it when we it just sat with us wrong. Yeah, it, it was genuinely a pretty upsetting film, the things that we were seeing and hearing, and that's not particularly something that we want to... I feel like there's a difference between exploitation and exploitative. And that's what this is, right? This is not an exploitation film. This is not purposefully mm -hmm. going over the top and doing crazy shit or, you know, it's... It, it's not ranch exploitation, right? This just feels like it's un exploiting things that make you uncomfortable for like no purpose. Yeah, and I want to go back to something Patrick said. It, Patrick said um, earlier that like a lot of these things were unnecessary, and I think that that is a perfect way to do it, um, or a perfect way to say it rather. You know, the things that they chose to put in for shock value yeah. were unnecessary. And unnecessary is one thing, but unnecessary coupled with messy as hell yeah. is another thing. And that's where it just gets really, really dicey. And, you know, we have said before, like, this podcast is supposed to be a fun, nice outlet for us. Hopefully it's a fun, nice outlet to you if you're listening. Once we hit that frat pack, frat pack phase, you know, we're going to be on a roll for a while. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, we want these episodes to be at least positive and lighthearted to a certain extent. Um, and it did not feel like we could create an episode just off that movie that was going to come across positive and lighthearted. And yeah, that's not that's what, a good way to put it. Yeah, and that's, you know. So with that being said, we're going to move on. 
I liked Vince in this movie. The movie was kind of poopy for unnecessary reasons, and that's unfortunate, but we're going to move on now. Before we move on, would you like to share your rating of this film? Oh, gosh. How many bulls out of five? All right, that's my... I know, I know, I know. Okay, okay. How many ranches out of five? How many... Yeah, I... I I don't even I I think I put two two and a half like it felt like yeah. this could this could be really good. Um, I really liked some things about it. Um, if they had done like three things differently, I think I would have been super into it. Um, but those three things just really really hurt it for me. Yeah, I gave it a two. Um, to be honest, I was maybe a little generous. I was trying very hard to detach myself uh, from some of the personal things in that movie that struck me. Um, wrong and so I I agree I think it could have been a good movie I saw where it was going I saw the potential of it in this broad genre and this broad idea but it just was not executed carefully and so it just uh, fell short and we also one of the reasons why we thought we would attach it onto this other movie is this other movie Return to Paradise from 1998 is Awesome! It's so good! This movie is so good, and it's dark and fucked up, and maybe even worse, um, but, but man, is it, is it, uh, worse in terms of, like, uh, how much it emotionally affects you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, um, wow, it's a, they get it right in this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. So this movie, Return to Paradise, um, has, uh, it starts off with Vince and Joaquin Phoenix, who we're gonna see in our next film, and, um... David Conrad. David Conrad. I think he's not as recognizable as the other two. And these are three guys, uh, and they're all in Malaysia. I, I think the movie explains that they they didn't know each other before they yeah, got there. Yeah, I think or... they, they were all there for kind of different reasons. They're all um, trying to find themselves. Yeah, and... just very, like, I think uh, the movie doesn't, I don't think, gives a specific, a specific age, but I think they're in their, like, young 20s. So very, like... Pre-career, last yeah. shebang. Um, they're not. I will say that they are not there for like the military or anything. They right. are just there to find themselves and go on a journey. I think Joaquin Phoenix is there because um, he prepares to go into like um, orangutan. Uh, so like kind of like uh, the Peace Corps in a way. Yeah, like that well, like, kind yeah. of. He wants to like save orangutans and work in a uh, sanctuary. That's what I'm looking for. An orangutan sanctuary. So it's not like entirely clear whether or not he's there just to prepare or if he discovered that while he was there. But regardless, these three guys meet in Malaysia. They end up getting a little cabin together on the beach. And, and they, they spend, just become buds. Yeah, they, they just, spend an amazing five weeks together. They realize their money can go a long way. Yeah. And, you know, um, cheap pot, cheap beer, cheap, cheap women. Girls. Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, they just, they're having the time of their life. Yeah. And they sort of have this um, life-changing, um, once-in-a-lifetime experience together of just... The last time that they felt like sort of unshackled yeah. by by these things in life, and then they go their separate ways. That's yeah, they have this. That's just the first fifteen minutes of yeah, the movie. Yeah, they have this just like understanding that like they're. I don't think there's any real optimism from anyone that they're going to keep in touch. Like they tell each yeah. other like stay in touch, but when push comes to shove, they're not like pressed that no one actually stayed in touch with one another. Right. As far as you know, Vince and. Um, uh, David Conrad's character is concerned, which uh, David Conrad's character is Tony. Vince's character is John. His he goes by Sheriff. Um, so Sheriff and Tony go back to the United States. They go move to New York City. Tony's about separately. To be, yeah, separately. They're about to be. Uh, Tony's about to be a big shot architect, and Vince is going to find whatever work he can do. And um, Joaquin, Joaquin stays behind because his flight is in like two days. Or like his flight is afterwards, and it's like you know. No, Joaquin is staying for the monkeys. I don't think he's staying in Malaysia. Yeah. Oh, I could yeah. be wrong. Sure. Yeah. I believe you. Yeah. Um, so he's staying behind uh, while the other two split. And um, after those two leave, um, Joaquin is arrested. Um, the Malaysian police um, find like all of this pot that they left behind at their cabin. And um, I don't know if this is the, 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 the case now, but... At the time, in Malaysia, at the very least in this movie, <laughs> and maybe I should educate myself some more, but at the very least in this movie, um, if you um, have basically any drugs on you at all, you're sentenced to death. Um, at, at least life in prison, um, but there he's sort of, um, he's sort of uh, threatened with the death penalty. And they explain later, like, they they just have, like, a zero-tolerance policy on things like this. I mean, especially, they have a lot. Like, that's part of the problem. But they, they just say that they have just like an absolute zero tolerance policy. And um, 
so Joaquin gets um, uh, put in jail. Yeah, he has over 100 grams, which labels him as a trafficker. Right, that's Even what I'm trying to say. Even though he's within the country, he is labeled as a trafficker, and traffickers are sentenced to that's, death. That's all. That's what I meant. Yes. yes. Um, so he is being sentenced to death because he had over 100 grams. Um, because they say that it was like it was so cheap that they like couldn't afford to not buy yeah, all of it. Like, yeah. It was just so... Yeah, they had American money that went a very, very long way in Malaysia. Yeah. And um, Joaquin is arrested after Vince and uh, uh, Tony leave to go back to America. So, so they are none the wiser. And I will say right now, there will be spoilers in this movie, and I think Patrick and I completely agree that this is a oh, movie yeah. that you absolutely should watch, yeah. and hopefully this synopsis was compelling enough. If not, read the TLDR on Letterboxd, and hopefully that's better than our spiel. Um, but this is a really great movie. We definitely recommend that you watch it. So we probably so, might go into spoiler talk now. So if yeah. you um, haven't seen this movie... Go watch it. It's not... We had to rent it. We we um, didn't buy it streaming anywhere online and didn't have a physical version. But, um, you know, we rented four bucks, Amazon or Apple TV or whatever. Yeah. Um, so watch this. it. Watch Don't it. watch the locust. <laughs> watch this. Watch that is this. our caveat. And then come back. Come back. Um, yeah, so then we cut to two years later. And... Um, Tony is successful. He became the architect he always dreamed. Vince is driving a limo. Yeah. We're going to... Apparently do an hour just on the plot. And <laughs> and um, Anne Heche arrives um, uh, at, you know, in, in one of Vince's rides. And she tells him that Joaquin has been arrested. And that she is his American lawyer. And the he's been sentenced to death after two years of being in prison. Um, and when he finds this out, Joaquin says, hey, there were two other guys. He never mentioned them before. Yeah, he spent two years in Malaysian prison, never mentioned them. And he's, but once the death penalty was on the table... He kind of just like table, cracks and yeah, yeah, tries and this to... is also because... Uh, he never mentioned them because, you know, to Joaquin, this was his thing to bear. They had gone off. They had done their own things. He didn't want to burden them. Right. But when the Malaysian government tells him that not only is he being sentenced to the death penalty, but this death penalty could be gotten rid of if the other two guys, or That's at least thing. one other guy, agrees to take on some of the um, responsibility because this was their hashish that they shared together, then he will reconsider giving Lockheed So the that's the thing. Penalty. With the two other guys, if one guy comes back, then the two that are there serve six years in prison. And if both guys come back, then the three that are there all serve three years in prison. Yeah. So Anne Heche goes to Vince, and she goes to the other guy, Tony, Tony, and um, she gives him the, the spiel. She gives him the pitch, and the next, I mean, basically the rest of the movie is... Will um, they, won't they? Will they, won't they? But with very drastic stakes. Yeah. Which is exciting. I feel like... Um, I feel like something that has been lacking in a lot of the movies that we've watched so far, which is just due to like being a young actor and being in not perfect movies, is like the stakes. Movies. The stakes have felt very low, even yeah. when they wanted the stakes to feel very high. The stakes um, are very high, in and this the movie. stakes the stakes are very high in this movie. And not only that, but they you feel that completely, which shows a great script and a great cast and great filmmaking. And I, I really want to talk about some things that are just very spoilery. So for real, if, if you're still listening to this. If you haven't watched this movie, watch this movie, come back, uh, listen to this episode 10 times for all I care. I just, uh, I, I want to spoil some things. So, um, they, what, the two things are really interesting to me about, about this dilemma. One is that, um, gosh, I just can't remember the other guy's name. To say Tony. Tony. Tony and Sheriff, um, they go back and forth. Yeah. They are constantly changing their minds. I'll do the th three years. I'll do the six years. I'm not going at all. You know, they, they... I'll do six years. You know, yeah. yeah. It changes constantly. Trying to convince each other to both do three or no, I'm backing out. Like, they do... And so, it, it never feels yo-yo-y. Like, no. it feels genuine. Like, they only have, like, two weeks or something to make their decision because otherwise, you know... Not even. I think they have five days. Is it really that I think low? It's five days, um, yeah. They don't have a very limited time to make their decision because, you know, Joaquin will be sentenced to death. Mm -hmm. And, um... And so they just do what anybody would do, which is just like they go through every scenario in their minds and they talk it out and they think about, can I give up three years of my life? Can I give up six years of my life? What if we agree both to three years, but then the other guy doesn't show and now I'm at six years and I didn't agree to that? You know, there's all this 
back and forth and it's it's riveting and and something that's really special about this kind of like back and forth that they're doing is i feel like it's very easy uh, I say as I've never written a film before, but I feel like it would be easy to kind of just like have them do that back and forth kind of hollowy to like propel the story forward. But these back and forths were motivated by new information every time. Yeah. And that is like so skillful and incredible. And so like every time a new piece of information would reveal itself in a, in a totally honest, genuine way, not like a, um, you know, happens to be on in the background and, you know, cheap right. kind of way. Oh my God. Uh, I'm watching TV and they yeah, learn something from the news. Favorite. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it's done in a really genuine way. And so like every time you do happen to hear a new piece of information come up or a new feeling come up, you, you just can't wait to see like what is going to be uh, the result of that. Like what are their feelings going to be now? They go through so many emotions during this film and you are on this roller coaster with them. And there's also really not like a person that you're like rooting for or rooting against. Like Patrick and I thinking about like ourselves in this situation, we're like at opposite ends, like every single second we, of We were movie. debating it the whole time too, you know? And, and that there's a real kicker. Um, if you're still listening to this and you haven't seen the movie, stop. I'm going to spoil like a huge thing here. When they, the two of them decide to go to Malaysia. Which I, I know what you're about to say, but I want to just preface this with on their way to Malaysia, the, the final verdict between them at that point was that Tony was going to go to Malaysia and serve six years. He decided yeah. that he could not live with himself if he let Joaquin die. So he was willing to bear the burden of the six years. Vince was unconvinced but decided to go to Malaysia just to see um, j just to see Joaquin and just to be a support system for him. He's sort of convinced, um, like, don't make your decision until you see him. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so um, he he's convinced at least to get on that plane. Because everybody knows that seeing him will rekindle these memories. Yeah. And, and it's going to change his mind, is of what they course. think. And so they go to Malaysia and they visit Joaquin in this prison. And it is just the worst place imaginable. And Joaquin gives an incredible performance. I, I joke to does. Patrick, you know, like, it's a very short period in film history that Vince Vaughn is built a, above Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. But I will say, like, yeah. no shade to our man Vince, but you see why that turns quickly from this movie. Well, you can see from very early on. I mean, you know, Joaquin had been acting for years and years, but he... He has with the always little, yeah, and with the little screen time force. that he had, he yeah. committed to it. So they completely. they visit him in this prison, and it's just dark and dungy and gross and wet, and nobody speaks their language, so you have no idea what the police are saying and the, or the guards or you know. No where. level of cleanliness. They mentioned earlier right. in the movie that people are getting uh, horribly sick and dying. There are like ten guys in some cells, and just yeah. like they they just really just make it as terrible as they can possibly. And like there is the kind of caveat that like because Joaquin is American and because these other guys that are involved are American they would have some protections to make yeah. their lives better which at the beginning of the movie before you kind of see Joaquin too much you think like okay maybe it wouldn't be so bad like their their meals provided are provided by Amnesty and um, they're they are in a single cell not sharing it with other people to avoid but then Vince, Vince gets to that cell and Joaquin doesn't have a blanket and he's just shivering, you know, and it's and been shivering so for much months, you know. Yeah, and he, he's, he's this just dirty water that he's yeah. drinking. His and, mind is completely And he's gone. just completely lost it. And Vince, in this moment, because he's only allowed one visitor per day, and it becomes Vince because they're trying to convince Vince. And Vince, in this moment, sees what two years in this prison has done to Joaquin. Mm -hmm. And he goes, how am I supposed to do three years? And he's grappling with that thought. Yeah. We, he says none of this, but we can see it. Yeah. He's grappling with this thought while telling Joaquin. I'm not staying. No, he no. He says I. He says I am. No, he says I'm here for you. But he, because Joaquin says like I wouldn't do this for you. Like I've thought really long and hard about this. And like if the tables were turned, I would have not done this for you. I don't feel like we had had that close enough to a connection. And Vince is like, listen, buddy. Like I am not here for that. He says like 
I also chose not to. I'm here to like show you support, but you can see inside him and throughout the he whole movie, but especially now, do he, it. even though he's saying these words like, no, it's okay. Like, it's okay that you wouldn't do it for me because I'm, I'm not even doing it for you. You can see that his, his, you know, mind just can't let go of the fact that how can he let this guy die when part of this was his responsibility. And they, they do the classic, I'm leaving tomorrow. I've got my plane tickets. Yeah. And then what do they do, right? They turn around. Yeah, and Tony, um, although he had been uh, previously committed to doing the six years, um, he didn't even go into the jail, but he um, immediately, you know, following uh, talking to the American lawyer and being in Malaysia again, he feels as though there is no um, trust. He doesn't have trust of the Malaysian government to actually... Uh, keep their end of the promises of him being an American prisoner and he just doesn't feel like he can go through with this six-year thing and um, So he so he leaves he, so he leaves and he says you got to come with me to and Vince because he's like listen you, This is a horrible mistake. You can't even think about this You never wanted to do this to begin with because Vince was really the one always on the fence um, and uh, they get to the plane and yeah, Vince turns around. Vince turns around. And and you know, to sum up our um, plot synopsis, which is longer than the movie itself, um, Vince um, goes to court and he pleads guilty. And then, the judge um, sentences Joaquin to death. Anyway. Yes. Um, this is sadly though. Um, initially, the judge agrees not to sentence him to death. There is a moment where Joaquin and Vince both feel this huge sense of victory and the biggest hurdle that they we have to think about. We don't need is, to get into you know, like there's a, a there's like ten dominoes that we haven't touched on yet that yeah. affect the reason why the judge changes his mind. But the judge changes his mind and sentences end, yeah. Joaquin to death. And um, the end of this film is just brutal. It is heartbreaking but you know it, it, differently to the locust where like that heartbreak and that horror was just completely unjustified this is like a roller coaster that you are on all the way and i i mean i was sobbing at the end of this movie like inconsolable and in a good way like it was a good genuine like release of emotion deep care for these characters because of you know, skillful writing and skillful uh, acting. And that was, like, such a treat after watching The Locust. I was, like, instantly reminded of, like, oh, this is what just, like, powerful filmmaking is. It can still be horrible and, yeah. and, and fucked up, but not... It can be that in a tasteful, respectful, right. just just gut-wrenchingly devastating way. Um, which I'm is sure there, are, there is probably a conversation to be had about like the way that Malaysian people are of course. depicted, and like you know, this movie is not perfect by any means. No, it's but in not. terms of like you know an emotional arc, it it earns everything it tries for. Yes, right, and I think that's maybe the first time yeah. we've seen I mean, that in one of these. You know, going back to that stakes <laughs> conversation of like these other movies didn't have the stakes, or they 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 said like all of a sudden they're like bang, you're dead, and you're like. Yeah. Except um, for one thing, though, in this movie. And this one thing just drove me nuts. Yeah. And totally drove me down. Which is, you know, at this point, you've seen this movie because you're still listening to this episode. We all know that Anne Heche not only turns out to be Joaquin's sister um, and doesn't tell them that until they're in fucking Malaysia. In court. In court. <laughs> but also, um, she and Vince have this love affair yeah. and it feels so weird. <laughs> I am not going to share my rating she, yet. At first she's sort of like, I, I, I think she tries to do it at first, tries to sort of seduce him to get um, him to agree. To him. And, but she's and, totally on to her. And Vin, yeah, Vince sees it. He sees right through it. But then they just bone anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not going to share my rating yet, but the thing that just like completely would have bumped my rating is that love affair not happening. So bizarre. Because the thing that just like really gets to me is like, okay, sure, you will go to any length to protect your brother from getting killed. Sure. I, yeah, I don't have any siblings, but I'm sure I'd do the same. I mean, especially if Vince Vaughn was the other person, like, I would take one for the team. Um, you but, would bone Vince Vaughn yeah, to save Joaquin I would, Phoenix. I would, I would. Um, and so, but the thing that just doesn't make any sense is like, 
the first like 30 minutes of like him and Anne Hayes back and forth is just like she thinks he is such a morally disgusting person because he won't do it because he won't do it he's very he's not even entertaining the idea he's not entertaining the idea all in the first like 30 minutes and she thinks that he is just a morally repulsive fucking person and it's so interesting because whatever somebody chooses you can justify yeah right Vince at first goes sorry He's a nice guy and all, but fuck him. I haven't seen him in two years. Like, we only spent five weeks together. Yeah, yeah. I have a cool, life here. Cool guy. That sucks, but like I'm out, you yeah. know. And I'm not doing that. And then he goes and he tells his dad about you know sort of the the, the bargain or whatever. And his dad basically just says like, "You're a loser. A, a <laughs> you're the one that should be killed. He seems yeah. like a good guy." <laughs> yeah, he's like, you're, "You're a lowly schmuck. You do nothing with your life. Why don't you go do make your life fucking worth it?" We're yeah, he's like, he's, like, he's like, he says like, "What are you gonna miss three years? Like, you're, it's not like you're doing anything here anyway." Yeah, he was like, "Go get some worldly experience out of Malaysia in the prison. I'll get you a backbone." Yeah, exactly. And um, and and I think that that sort of bizarrely kicks off him thinking about or considering it some and I think maybe he like, was anyway. Yeah, like right like I think deep down he was always kind of considering it. But like it's funny because that conversation, like at least instantly, he you would think he would leave that conversation and be like, Yeah, I should do this. But the for you know, for a little while after he's just like, nah. Fuck my dad. Yeah, fuck my dad. <laughs> Whereas Tony, this kind of, you know, I, I don't want to say a foiled events because None of them are really foils of one another because things change so much throughout. But in a certain moment is a foil where, like, Tony is a successful architect with a, a booming career living in the city that he always and wants uh, to live in. Oh. And he has a, a fiancé and yeah. they're planning on having kids in the next few years. Yeah. And Tony feels all he, of these amazing things. he has things. this person to talk it out with. And he and yeah. she's played by Vera Farmiga in, in um, her first movie, actually. Um, they sort of decide, like, okay, we'll do three years. Like, we can yeah. push off the kids for three years. We can push off the marriage for three years, whatever. We'll do the three years. But, hey, now we need Vince for the other three yeah. years. And they have to try and convince him. And it, it really, like, this, I mean, you know this. You've seen this movie, right, folks at home? But um, I, I really was just always, we don't need to do any more plot, but I just feel like I was always uh, riveted by the back and forth. I always felt like I could justify anybody's, decision when people were changing their minds i saw why that was justified like i just felt like i, I always understood where it was going and aside from the just super bizarre unnecessary relationship thing this movie just builds in the perfect way if yeah. they had just had that reveal of her being his sister without the whole relationship thing i think that would have been a much stronger reveal i agree but you know it's hollywood baby everyone needs to be bold <laughs> right um i think you like some of this imdb trivia too that we're ooh, gonna i'm cover. excited um, yeah, so let's, you know, we, we have talked this plot to death, um, mainly because there's a lot to talk about, but let's move on to some performances. I was captivated, and I feel like every acting school in America could benefit from making their students just doing a table read of this movie, because this is a masterclass in forcing people to have objectives, forcing people to have arcs, Forcing people to... Objectives um, is a real big one. Yeah. Forcing people to justify things for their own character. Yeah. Um, they have to... In order to make this work... And it they, is like... And all of these guys did this. In order to make this work, they had to believe every word that they were yeah. saying. And they did. And that is a wonderful thing to see. Because we, we have not seen that in the past few movies. It is like, what do you want in this scene 101? Yes. And that, you know... We talk a lot about um, Vince being a young actor and um, clearly putting the work in and yeah. going to classes and, 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 and working on his craft. And this just felt like, all right, now do it. Yep, and, and the work clearly had paid yeah. off. Yeah, because, you know, the way. Locust, he didn't get it. It's a lot of farting around in the Locust. Yeah, like the Locust is... It's a farting around movie and farting around movies are yeah. good. The Locust know, is like... That, but. The Locust is, um, you know... He looks really hot in it. And I and I don't say that as like a joke. I say that as like that's mainly his for the first half of the movie at least he's that's sweaty. his that's his main character Where's point. The wife beater, is he's he just wipes like, his face. Yeah, he's like super hot, super broody, he picks up heavy stuff. super mysterious. It, but not in like that's a fine. ooh, I'm dying to know about him way, just in a like, God, can you just fucking tell us your name or something? <laughs> like, um, you know, so he he's doing a lot of acting, but it's a lot of just like one thing. Yeah. Um, like he is acting really hard to be this mysterious, you know, charismatic, lowly drifter, 
But, you know, we've seen that before, and it's a lot of one thing, and this really forced him, Grooming I think... Grooming is not the most difficult thing. No, it is not. Especially when you look like him, and you have those <laughs> sexy furrowed brows. Um, but, uh-huh. yeah, but um, this movie was, like Patrick said, it was really proof of, like, all that work that he had clearly been doing on screen and off prior to this, and, and forced him to, you know, and we've said a lot before, like, Vince is a guy who respects the hell out of a script. And he can see if if this script isn't meant for him to be the person with the arc, he's not going to force the arc. And finally, in this movie specifically, and I would, I would argue that this was just not the case in The Locust at all. Like, I don't think he really had an arc. Um, but in this movie... He had that arc, it's and it was script. so fucking worth it. Yeah. That This work that he had been doing, and this kind of like behind the scenes, taking whatever script he got and making it work for him, it paid off because he got the opportunity to take that arc that was actually given to him and just totally run with it. It was, it was wonderful to watch. And separately, I think the other big performance, which we touched on a little bit, is Joaquin. Yeah. Joaquin is just like, he is obviously not in as much of the movie because they don't even go back to Malaysia, you know, yeah. until the last half hour or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, he really, aside from that sort of preface, only, or the prologue rather, um, only gets like two scenes? Yeah. He, three he, scenes? Yeah, I mean, he basically gets um, the Malaysia scenes, which is like the first 15 minutes. He gets the last 15 minutes yeah. when Vince visits him in jail, and he gets one video um, that is like pre-recorded that the, that he sends to the guys, yeah. um, but it's only like and a minute long. He is just like emotionally crippling in this movie. Yeah, I mean, he really is... he really sells the whole fucking thing. I yeah. think you know if if that scene where Sheriff goes and visits his old buddy in the prison, if if that actor is not as good as Joaquin Phoenix, who's a guy who's very easy to goob on. Yeah. You know? and, and I've done plenty of Joaquin Goobin. But I also, there are some performances of his that I think are um, untouchable. No, yeah. I don't think anyone could have done Johnny Cash like him and in, in, in walked the line, right? I, you know, um, I, I'm totally blanking right now. I feel like her, like it, her yeah. was very specifically Joaquin and he was so perfect for that, right? Yeah. No one could have done it like that. Yeah. And I feel like Return to Paradise, even though he was, you know, young and boy, is he going for it, it needed that Joaquin touch, touch that yeah. just full on commitment and not yeah. in like a bastardized because it kind makes of way. It so much harder of a choice. Because yeah. the thing is, is like these guys, they leave Malaysia. Although we might see, you know, very brief clips of Joaquin walking around his prison cell, like these guys don't see it. Right. So like you have this new information as the audience to be like, God, like he's withering away. Yeah. It's while these guys are just taking their sweet fucking time in the five days that they have to make this decision, going like, Oh, will I go back? Will I not go back? Should you go back? Should we both go back? And you're just going like, Oh my god, oh my god, they have to make a decision, a man's life is on the line, like what is the right decision and yeah you know Joaquin I think that like um and I don't want to get into a whole you know fucking soliloquy about method acting but you know say what you will he's clearly a method actor but I feel like there is something special about this young work where like I he was just it was it was honest it was honest he was in it not in a like fucked up method way, but like in a he clearly not is in capable. A, in a Joker kind of. Way. <laughs> I wasn't gonna name drop, um, but like not. In, I like that movie. <laughs> I, I like the movie too. Like no shade, but I'm just saying, like you know, like I said, say what you will about method acting. Sometimes you but go like, was, but this was a very honest thing. He, yeah. you know, there are some people, there are some actors, and I'm not saying that this is right or wrong, but there are some actors who find it difficult to actually feel and live that character um, on screen. And he clearly is an actor who is able, for better or for worse, to live those characters. And that has clearly worked for him. I mean, look at the things that he's doing now. He is booked for roles that need to be lived in. And this was one, and they were able to hone that young talent early on. And it, it was really, I mean, tragic, obviously, to watch, but also just so fascinating and uh refreshing to see i think that's what he's juxtaposition too i think that's one reason why i find vince um early vince because like i said i'm sure that 
He's going to get bored. <laughs> We're going to get bored. Uh, and he's going to rely on the shtick. And you know, I get it. Um, but early career Vince is not like that at all. He's not doing the method yeah. shit. And, and, and he's just like a classic, like, you can say hey, acting guy. seems cool. Yep. I want to do that. And then yep. puts in the work and learns and takes the classes and read the books and gets better and better. And he doesn't have to do all that shit. Not that like that's a bad thing if you have to do all that shit. There's but, just different kinds of right, actors. Right. And I think like, and I, this dichotomy of like Vince versus Joaquin is really and, interesting. And you have to be born with that Joaquin. Exactly. Like that's what I was gonna say. Like, yeah. you know, Joaquin, like I said, clearly has an innate ability to live the characters that he plays, for better or for worse. I don't feel like that ability comes very easy to Vince. And that's not a bad thing. Yeah. There is something to be said. And we, I mean, clearly we speak the praises of this every fucking episode. But, you know, there's something to be said about actors where you can see them acting. You can see their choices being made. You can see their objectives being played. You can see their desires being played. Um, and he does that. He kind of takes a more tra traditional, I guess, approach to acting where, like, uh, or at least in his early early filmography, like you can see those gears turning. Whereas Joaquin, there is no, there is no option but to be this person in reality, um, outside of the scene. Like he is so in it. There's no thinking of objectives necessarily. It's just living it. You don't have you don't think of objectives as a human being walking around the earth because you live it. You know you you just have your feelings and he really feels those feelings deeply. Um, and so it is it is a fascinating juxtaposition between those two. And I am I don't know about you, but I'm I'm feeling very very excited about the next movie um, with them two in it and seeing hopefully some more screen time with the two of them. Um, and I like the fact that. This is, I mean, it pro I don't know. It's such a weird thing to sort of just compare, but I think it's probably Vince's best performance so far. And I say that in, I think the only thing that rivals it in any way is Swingers. Yeah. But Swingers... Um, it's not his movie. Well, but that, but it just didn't, um, he didn't have to do a ton of shit. Like, yeah. There didn't, it wasn't, wasn't as much for prep. Him. It wasn't like, as said much that. prep. Like, we said that. That role was written for him. This was not it, a it case was, of objectives and to yeah. or whatever. Like, he was just... Around. Yeah, and like in a great way. Like clearly he was acting and he did such a good job. And that job. shows the natural talent. Yes. But I think that Return to Paradise shows the work. Yes, and that is a great you know, difference, I think. That you know, natural talent, because so many charisma. people hire Vince throughout his career, even now, so many people hire Vince to get Vince on screen and right. just slap a different name on it. And like Swingers is a perfect example of natural talent. Return to Paradise is a perfect example of learned practice talent. I think that's a really great way to put it. Um... I want to do some IMDb trivia because there's some funny stuff on here that you're going to get a kick out of. Although, I I opened up, uh, I was still on the page for The Locust and there is content warnings on The Locust IMDb page now. Wow. Don't get me wrong, or just be, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. This did not exist like a week ago, right? I don't think I'm so. I'm pretty sure we checked. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, so, you know, my review on Letterboxd for The Locust, which if you're not already following me, please follow me. Um, my review, <laughs> please. My, please. Um, my review for The Locust was like, let this serve as the content warning I wish I had. So and I don't think this exists. And someone liked it. So maybe, maybe, or if the person who liked yeah, it Yeah, they beat it, us to it. I'm, listen, if we're wrong and we missed something and we're just complete bozos, then, um, we're idiots and whatever. If this did not exist a week ago and it exists now, I'm glad because people will will have this. Yeah, we're pretty good about. Um, I check, ones. and yeah. I'm pretty sure I checked afterwards because I wanted to make sure that I checked before. Yeah. Um, and so um, I don't know. That's that's a conundrum. That's a, 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 a whatever. It's my influence on Letterboxd. <laughs> that's knows? what I'll choose to believe to yeah. see better tonight. Who knows? Um, really, there's only one one piece of trivia because the only real interesting things. Um, are the fact that Vince made four movies in 1998. God, booked and busy games. <laughs> and um, another one of them had Anne Heche, and another one of them had Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. This, this was, is weird. I was, like, looking up some of what these are the movies odds? on Letterboxd <laughs> because um, we were trying to figure out, like, the order of the films, and I kept being like, oh, there's a lot of uh, I think for a long time I had the two Joaquin movies confused in my head just because, what are the odds, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think you'll, you'll get a kick out of this one. 
Per a February 1998 New York Post article, so the Post, obviously a very credible, reliable source, um, Ellen Galpal goes straight for a co-star. Vince Vaughn and Anne Hayes shared passionate lovemaking sessions <laughs> inside each other's trailers during breaks in filming. <laughs> I can't even see the shit without laughing. The fact that they were in passionate lovemaking sessions inside each other's trailers during breaks in filming. Movie sources said the chemistry between Vaughn and Hayes was evident during shooting in exotic locales, like Thailand and Macau. What? <laughs> I still think that's true. What? I, so I'm confused. So, they were lovemaking for the sake of getting in character, or they just happened Baby, why to... why would they... <laughs> or they just happened to be fucking... <laughs> no, that's what I'm asking, like... Well, they talk about method. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, like... You know, no, baby, they okay, just, they, they just separately... Happened. They separately were hooking up. Yeah. Okay, uh, I mean... Listen, can't blame the girl. But I so. think at the time she was um, with Ellen. Is that who this the is? The pause. <laughs> Wait, I'm confused. The pause as you figure it out. <laughs> Wait. Ellen DeGeneres was, Anne Heche was dating <gasps> Ellen DeGeneres at the time. This is a very key piece of information that you left out. I'm telling it now. Yeah, but you just said Ellen and I was like, I don't know. How many other Ellens are there? It just didn't She's the me. How many, it's like saying I, Oprah. I don't think you had misspoke if I'm being honest. I just, okay. it didn't click in my brain. No, she was dating oh. Ellen at the time, but was doing passionate lovemaking <laughs> in, <laughs> in between But seats. like, that's what I'm saying. It's like, you don't say passionate lovemaking. Like, that. it seems intentional. Because like, the person like, who wrote this no. is an idiot. Okay, but, like, here's what I, the reality I'm going to personally believe in my mind. Anne Heche, a lesbian queen to the masses, dating Ellen DeGeneres. I, I believe, hold on, hold on, hold to on. be fair, I believe that she is bisexual. Let me, I'm getting there. Okay. A lesbian queen to the masses, dating Ellen DeGeneres, back when Ellen was a good person. All right, we don't need... <laughs> yeah, I had to go there. Anyways, uh, lesbian queen of the masses dating Ellen DeGeneres. She's obviously Loki bi, and she's like, hmm, I feel like, listen, Ellen baby, I feel what like I really, need to, get, I feel like I really need to get in touch with my straight side for this This is film. going off the rails. So I feel like I need to kind of boink I, Vince it's, Vaughn. It's method, it's method. She's yeah, got to find she's, I feel like she was exploring her yeah, by that's queen power. Passionate love making. Like when you put it How like that. How could it not be with <laughs> <laughs> How could it unpassionate love making would that make you happier? Just angry, shitty love making? I mean it just feels weird to be like, okay, lunch break. Now it's time for some passionate love making. Was this like the archaic... in our trailers in Macau? Was this like the archaic like version of intimacy training? Well, like, they just had to take it. I know. No. I'm not. I'm not. Maybe I'm not joking. Like, is this like? This was not on purpose. Like they had a fling. Okay. They had a fling. Okay. I just feel like. But also, you got to think that's that's also total bullshit. Like the post is like the most unreliable bullshit in the world. You know, like they always like. They're always post page six, you know. Where always, was Demois? Where was Demois? <laughs> they're always posting this? pictures of oh, hey, look at this person Dane Wade or whatever, you know. Sunday spotted. So they Vince could, Vaughn and Anne Hayes they passionately just making been love in the trailer, going in and out of each other's trailers because they're hanging out or whatever, and you know this is what we yeah. Got the trailer there. was just shaking from an earthquake. From the. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways. I don't even know what to say now. Your reaction to this has <laughs> completely blown my mind. Because I'm processing it. Yeah. I I guess I've had more deficit with it. Yeah, you have. These are all... Uh, IMDb trivia um, is kept a secret from me. This is Patrick's passion. Uh, and then it's, I... It's kind of been a bummer so far. I feel like something, when you look at something, like, I don't know, just... Any, any, you look at Spider-Man 2, there's like all this like stupid ass bullshit about, yeah. you know, like, oh, in this one scene where Peter has the TV turned on, the game that he's watching is game six of the NBA finals in 2001. It's just like all this like, get a live people stuff. I think mainly because a lot of these movies we uh, are watching so far, you know, are not the most well known that, um, 
there is, are not spending their spare time logging on to IMDb Pro and putting. But in they are video. though. That's the thing is, yeah. um, I'm hoping to find some better ones in the future. But I thought I thought you would get a kick out of that yeah, one. Yeah, I did get a kick. I think a kick in the ass is what I got. <laughs> you got. I got a too you, much of a kick. You kicked, yeah, yeah. So it kicked me down. Um, but very interesting. Thank you for sharing, Patrick. Um, I think that that's all we got. I would like to talk about our ratings. Oh, yes. So, Patrick, what would you rate this? I feel everything's going to be insensitive. Yeah, the last one did not work. A block of hashish. Five blocks of hashish out of five. What am I supposed to say? I don't even know. All right, five limos out of five. Yeah, there's there's no iconography in this movie. No, there is. We're just choosing to ignore it. Five. So out of five Five, stars. Five bicycles. Um... You're laughing. You're enabling me. All right. Uh, <laughs> um, you talk. You have in front of you. What? I think I gave it a three and a half. Uh, um, I think that three it. I think that it rivals. I also gave it a three and a half. I think that it rivals at this point. Rivals Swingers as our best film. I think that um, if I had to, you know, if I had to choose one, I had to choose between six years in prison, three years in prison. I think I would choose Swingers. Like, because it's more fun, and the iconography of it, and it just, like, it feels more Vince-y. And iconic. But this one is better. Uh, probably, arguably, arguably yeah. better. Um, and so, I, I'm, like, I'm, we, like, uh, we needed this. We were saying this when we yeah. were watching it. Sure, we needed this boost, because a bunch of these indies have been stinkers. And so that this, um, a, a moderate-budget film with some recognizable people... Um, not to say that that's what makes a good movie, but um, it was just it was just what we needed because of the the other things just weren't weren't working for us. Yeah, um, I I would also say that I probably prefer Swingers, but I think you know there's a difference between like a film that it's you also enjoy. Apples and oranges, yeah, it is apples and oranges, but also like there's a difference between like a film that you really enjoy and like a film that is like great. Um, like yeah. my favorite movie is is well, one of my favorite movies is like Five Hundred Days of Summer. That's rooted in nostalgia, that it's rooted in, like, tween broodiness, like, that is rooted in a lot of things that are not amazing filmmaking. Not that I don't think that that's a great movie, I do genuinely believe that, but, like, it is not the greatest movie ever made, uh, but it, I enjoy that movie. Favorites and good. Yeah, favorites and goods is different. two different things, and, um, I think, I really hate to, like, be a stickler for this, but, like, I feel like had that love affair not happened, yeah, that like I really feel like this would be a contender for, like, uh, like a four or four and a half we'll probably and a really amazing movie something at the end of this project that's like our own top tens or something yeah or, um just as a recap we'll probably just some sort of recap at the end of all this yeah. and, and and point out some of our some of our favorites um and you know we have a long ways to go this was movie number seven seven eight something like that um we're, you know we're gonna be doing this up into the 50s um but i i, I think this will probably stick with me yeah, I, I agree. I, I foresee this. I, I hope that this isn't a movie that gets lost in the shuffle. Um, but I think because it's going to kind of be sandwiched in between some duds, perhaps, um, that's going to make it stick out even more. And I also look really forward to one day maybe revisiting this movie once we're kind of removed from this project and seeing how it holds up, not viewing it through that Vince Vaughn lens. Because I think it is a movie that holds up not just because of him. Right, right. I'm with you. Um, we're going to see Joaquin in our next movie, too. Uh, Clay Pigeons. That's next week's episode. And uh, that'll we'll be back to a regular solo episode next week. Um, until then, we're going to quickly give you all the social media stuff. You can find us online. Go. All right. For the Vince Vonathon, you can find us at Instagram or on Instagram at Vince Vonathon, spelled just like it is on the podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Vonathon, that is Va Vince Vonathon without the Vince. You can find me online. I mentioned my letterbox. I would love to engage with you on letterbox. My letterbox is at Taylor Malone, T A Y L O R M A L O N E. It's the best social media platform. Yes, and you can also find me on Instagram at Taylor Lee Malone, that's Taylor Malone. And then L-E-I-G-H, stuck in the middle. And on Twitter, at Mailer Talone, which is just my name, switching the first and last letters. I'll let you figure it out tonight. Uh, <laughs> first first letters of both. Not first yeah, and last. Okay. Whatever. First um, We're trying to do this test. Uh, uh, Patrick J. Regal is where you find me everywhere. Um, because um, 
I don't. I guess I'm more consistent than Taylor is. Oh um, no, I think my name is just more common. Um, what uh, does that say? Um, that's all we got, folks. This was fun. Thanks for being here. Thanks for sticking around for a double episode. Some of our bitches, some of our celebrations. This is a, our, our, I think, our biggest roller coaster episode yet, and also our longest one. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. Please, if you have not already, go ahead and rate us um, whatever you would like in the... No, um, five okay. stars! Okay, rate us five stars. Five. <laughs> Sorry. Rate if us if you hate the show, please rate us anyway. <laughs> please no. leave a shitty review. Okay, I was building to a joke and you cut me off. I was oh, I'm say, sure it'll be Rate brilliant. us whatever you want unless it's something other than five stars, then don't bother. Oh, but, yeah, that was <laughs> worth it. Okay, anyways. <laughs> five stars and five stars only in the Apple Podcasts um, app and or anywhere Spotify, you find, anywhere podcast. you find a podcast. And if you feel so inclined, please take a sec- second out of your day and write a real review with the words and stuff. That would be awesome. That's all we got, folks. We're going to stop talking now. Thank you. We'll see you next week for Clay Pigeons. See you then.